Welcome back to another episode of the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Reese Trotman. Don't want to waste no more time, so let's dive right into it. NFL free agency. Man, it, this is going to be a wild free agency. Um, I truly believe that, um, at least as a Saints fan, I will say this this free agency is going to be a little bit scary because the Saints, Steelers, and Eagles, I believe, they are all um, over the salary cap. So there's going to be a lot of cuts made by all three of those teams, and I'm very, very scared. Um because especially as a Saints fan, we're going to have to let go of a lot of people, a lot of people that um, didn't didn't want to see happen. But I already know we're going to have to cut some people. But I'm looking at this free agent class, man. It's it's pretty good. I mean, I feel like a lot of these dudes are going to get the franchise tag and stuff like that. But. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Uh, the Buccaneers have a lot of free agents. Well, not a lot, but they're key free agents. Um, but obviously, the number one person everybody's talking about right now is J.J. Watt. Um, J.J. Watt, I don't know where he's going to go. I really don't. I don't know what team needs him the most. I will say that uh, there's been a lot of talks about him going to the Packers. I think the Bears was another team, the Cowboys. Um, but there's a lot of teams out there circling around. I don't know what team kind of fits him the best. Um, I think if you add him to the Cowboys, that'd be great. You add another veteran presence um, to that D-line. You know, they can only improve by getting J.J. Watt. I also don't know how much left J.J. Watt has in the tank. Um, but... Yeah, this free agent class ain't bad. I mean, you got Allen Robinson, wide receiver, uh, plays for Chicago currently, but he's supposed to be a free agent. But again, I expect him like for I think Dak Prescott, I think he's going to get franchise tagged again or he may get his deal done. But I don't know. I just don't know with that situation. The Cowboys, they seem to be up and down about Dak Prescott and whether or not they want to sign him. He's the QB of the future and then they tag him. So I just don't know. Um, Chris Godwin, I expect him to be tagged. Um, Allen Robinson, I don't know if he's going to get tagged. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears end up tagging him. I don't think they should let go of their number one receiver. That's just me. But I don't know. Um, Kenny Galladay, like, I I think he's up in the air, too. Like, if I'm Detroit, I would tag him just because of his talent. But they might not. And they might just say, you know what, go ahead. Um, You know, we got guys like Justin Simmons, Anthony Harris, Trent Williams, Levante David. Again, he's another guy either going to get franchise tagged or he's just going to re-up with the Buccaneers. Because I do think that the Buccaneers are planning on running this back. Um, I really think that the Buccaneers are going to try their best to keep everybody around. there's also been some whispers about Brady retiring. Like, he's coming back. Uh, he said it at the podium on Super Bowl Sunday that he was coming back. But uh, we'll see about his contract situation. Um, Will Fuller, he's also a free agent. Um, I think he gets tagged as well. I think. Uh, <laughs> but it is Houston. So it might be one of those situations where he gets to just walk and Deshaun Watson's just left with another, you know, receiving hole in that offense. I could totally see that happening. Um, another person on the Bucks, Shaq Barrett. Uh, Shaq Barrett is, in my opinion, he's 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 got to be resigned. If you don't resign him, if you're the Bucks, you're stupid. If you let Levante David and Shaq Barrett walk out the door. If you're the Bucks, then you're just you, you don't want to win. Like, those are dumb moves to let them walk. So they definitely need to uh, um, get him locked up for sure. Marcus Williams is a free agent. Um, safety for the well, he was a safety currently is a free agent, but he was a safety for the New Orleans Saints. My team again, I want him back. 
because he's a very good young safety. He's just only going to improve. And he's he's very much so made up for the Minnesota Miracle missed tackle. But knowing my Saints, we're probably going to let him walk. And that scares me. I don't like that at all. Um, but it's just one of those things where we're probably going to let him walk. Um Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a free agent. Um, I, I assume the Miami Dolphins are going to bring him back for that uh, one-year deal. Um, Richard Sherman, he's a guy that, you know, he's still, by a lot of people, considered to be a top top 10 cornerback in this league, but I, I just don't know who's going to assign him because it's clear that he does not want to come back to the 49ers. 49ers are low-key kind of in a mess right now, but, you know, that's what happens when you lose a Super Bowl. It really can destroy a team. It can either bring a team closer together or it can really just obliterate an entire franchise and just make them bad. So we'll see what happens, but I, um, there's been a lot of speculation that Richard Sherman's going to go to Las Vegas. Um, we'll see if that happens. But, yeah, I, I just don't know where else Richard Sherman's going to be um, be really useful. Just because, in my opinion, I truly believe Richard Sherman has lost. Um, he's lost a step, and his play shows it, in my opinion. Like, yes, he's still one of the smartest cornerbacks in the league. And, you know, and what he lacks in, you know, physical ability now, he makes up for in his mind and his knowledge. But I still think that he, uh, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if he's still that shutdown corner, that man-to-man corner where everybody, you know, fell in love with. Um, so we'll see with him. Uh, Corey Davis is a wide receiver. That's supposed to be a free agent. Um, I can't lie. I, I would love to see the Ravens go after him. I'd love to see the Ravens go after a lot of wide receivers in the uh, – in this upcoming free agency, they they need a true number one. Um, and they just, they, I don't know how they're going to progress if they do not get a true number one wide receiver and put more wide receivers around Lamar Jackson. Like, I, it's just that simple. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster. A lot of people were talking about how he was going to resign with the, the Steelers, but... I don't know. There's more and more as the days go by, there's more and more reports that he's going to move on from the Steelers. A lot of people think that he's going to the Jets. Um, I don't know why he'd want to go to the Jets, but I guess if that's what you prefer, then go right ahead. Um, Jameis Winston. I think he's going to go to the Saints. Uh, I don't want to see him in a Saints uniform. I don't want him to be our QB1. Um, I don't want another 30 for 30. Uh, Yeah, that's just not what I'd like. But we need a quarterback that's going to get us to the promised land. Jameis Winston is not that guy. Um, But also for the Saints, you know, we had a five-year Super Bowl run um, where I should say we had a five-year Super Bowl window. And each year we failed. So at this point, I just I don't know. I don't I'm scared for my Saints. I really think we're going to have a bunch of down years up ahead. Um, Genevian Clowney, he's supposed to be a free agent. I think he's coming back to Tennessee. Tampa, they got to deal with A.B., I think they bring back A.B. I think A.B. got his stuff together and, you know, he looked good this year. Um, you know, he didn't play, you know a huge role, but he played a role in that Super Bowl run, so I'd love to see him back. Um, Andy Dalton. There's been talk about him going to Denver. Um, I I don't know, because if Andy Dalton can play like Bengals Andy Dalton at the beginning of his career, the Broncos might be able to do something. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to turn into some Super Bowl contending team. That's not what they are at all they're not that at all but the Broncos aren't a bad team they just had a bad quarterback play it's really it the defense is solid the defense is also they've you know 
they've involved some youth in that defense, so it's getting better. Um, the offense isn't that bad. Their, their receiving core is strong. It's young. It's going to take a little bit of work to get them to where they want to be, but it's strong. They just, in my opinion, I just think they need a good quarterback in the right situation. Um, I've also heard Deshaun Watson could be traded to Denver, but again, I don't know, because Houston, you know, they seem to be 10 toes on making sure Deshaun Watson plays in the Houston Texans uniform next season. So I just don't know where um, or if that's going to happen at all. Another free agent is Cam Newton. I am concerned that Cam Newton will not find an NFL home. There has been some talk that he could be uh, going to the Washington football team. That's, you know, there's just been some reports about that. I don't think they have much traction to them, but... Again, he could be going there. But again, I'm just scared after the tape that he put on uh, film for these teams, you know, this last season. I'm not sure teams want to take a chance on Cam. And that scares me because I want to see Cam succeed so badly. But I don't know. Shaquille Griffin. I think the Seahawks pay him. Um, They need to. If they're smart, they will. Um T.Y. Hilton. I honestly think T.Y. Hilton's gone. I think he's leaving Indianapolis, and I don't know where he goes. I think there's a lot of teams that could use him, but um, there's been some speculation that he could go to the Jaguars. Now, if the Jaguars, they get T.Y. Hilton, you know, they, they draft Trevor Lawrence, they might have a little something there, but we'll see uh, in terms of that. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of the top free agents right now that, at least for me, I'm looking at and thinking, you know, this could be, you know, a potentially a very good situation for them. Also, Aaron Jones is a free agent as well. He was running back for the, the Packers. I don't think the Packers are going to bring him back. Um He'd be a good pickup for a lot of teams who just need kind of like a good running back slash scat back that can, you know, catch the ball, receive the ball, and also, you know, give you a good tough run. Um, He's kind of an all-around back. Um, But, yeah, those are really all the free agents that I think are the most important at this point in in this early, early free agent process. Um, And... It will be interesting to see how how these teams go about free agency this year. Um, just because, you know, a lot of these guys for free agency, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming because of COVID, they won't be doing their, like, extravagant, you fly them out, you have them, you know, tour around the city, you go visit all these places. I'm assuming most of this is going to be done virtually. So I'm a, I wonder how that might sway some guys to go different places as well. But moving on from free agency, but still sticking in the NFL. Um, I just I, I got to share my opinion on this whole Talk of does this Super Bowl prove that Brady, you know, is was more important to the Patriots than Belichick? And I'm still not ready to say yes to that. Now, I know Tom Brady in his first year with a new head coach with no training camp, no offseason programs, with no preseason went in there, went into Tampa, and brought them a chip. But let's also not sit up here and act like they didn't create a super team. In in terms of football, that's a super team. Like, your receiving core is Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. That's, like, that... Like, we can't sit up here and act like having that receiving core didn't bring them a lot of 
Now, I will say, before I, before I make that point, I will say, yes, having Tom Brady helps attract all those guys to go there besides Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They were already there. But it does help, help having Tom Brady, you know, to get A.B. on board, to get Rob, Rob Gronkowski on board. But at the same time, again, we're not going to sit up here and act like Bill Belichick still, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just... It disproves it because, again, Bill Belichick, what he's been able to do uh, and how he's been able to coach his teams to Super Bowls with less talent, um, I I just I can't overlook that. Um, What Tom Brady did was extremely impressive and how he was able to do the Super Bowl and, again, having to face Drew Brees, the MVP, and Aaron Rodgers and then beat Pat Mahomes. I don't think that should be taken away either, but I'm not ready to just discredit Bill Belichick for everything that he did with that, you know, those six Super Bowls in New England. Um, Because I think coaching has a hell of a lot to do with it as well. I don't think you can just bypass that. And I I think people are doing that um, a lot. And it's, 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 it's sometimes it's borderline disrespectful because it's just making it seem like you know, you put Brady on any team and they're a Super Bowl team. You know, that's just not the case. Um, you put Brady on the Lions. They're not winning a Super Bowl. You put Brady, you know, I don't have to name every single team, but you put Brady on a lot of teams and not winning a Super Bowl. You put Brady on some teams and they're not even making the playoffs. So we can sit up here and yes, absolutely. Brady, what he's done, and and I'm not here to discredit Brady, what he did for those six Super Bowl rings in New England, but let's just, let's pump the brakes on the fact that, all right, Brady and Belichick, like, let's not sit up here and act like Belichick should be discredited more because Tom Brady won a Super Bowl this year. Now, if he runs it back and and they get two back-to-back, I don't know if I can argue that anymore. I really don't. Because that's really sticking it to Belichick. Like, look, not only did I do this once, but I did it twice. Um, That would be hard to argue. It would be. But again, I'm not ready to do it this year. I'm not. (laughs) I'm really not ready to just sit up here and say, yeah, Tom Brady's the reason why all those six Super Bowls are in New England. I'm not ready to do it. Um, I think we need to pump the brakes and and relax on Bill Belichick and make sure he still gets the credit he deserves. All right, shifting gears. Let's move on to the NBA. Um, Where do I even begin with the NBA, man? Let's talk about the the trade deadline. Trade deadline is five weeks away, so it's no time for panic. But I will say, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin... Um, have been the talk of, you know, the whole trade deadline and where things need to, you know, people, the the Cavs are, you know, they need to move on from them. We're also going to get to Draymond's uh, comments as well um, and what he said and why he said it. But I want to start with the fact that Who like I just don't see and again this is not me trying to just totally crap on Andre Drummond but who really wants Andre Drummond like if I'm a team he has no trade value to me like he can't shoot he's he's a like I can't, you can't even use the word traditional big because traditional in today's NBA, that's not how they play. He's like an old school big. Like he's he's way, way before his time or excuse me, way past his time. I should say he can't shoot. He has no handle. He can his playmaking passing is it's 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 semi OK. Like it's not horrible, but it ain't good either. All he can really do is rebound and block shots. Like the 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 idea of an Andre Drummond, the NBA is moving away from that. 
Like, when I think of an NBA center, I want a guy like Jokic. I want a guy that can shoot and stretch the floor. I want a guy that can handle, can play point guard if he has. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want an NBA center that can really do it all. And I understand that's a lot to ask, but that's the way the NBA is moving. Like, there's a reason why Andre Drummond is is always on the trade block. And people talk about trading him every year because, again, he's a dying breed. Like, people don't need that type of center anymore. Like, when they look for a center, like... He's again, he's like an old school traditional center. Old school. Like it's <laughs> I just I don't know. Like I when I see like I understand why people might want to trade for uh Blake Griffin. Absolutely. Because that man went from a straight up athletic four that can dunk the ball to a guy that this this man has a handle now. He has a a respectable shot. I'm not finna I sit up here and act like he's a great three point shooter or he's a great mid range shooter. But his jump shot is absolutely respectable. You have to play it. Um, I would say it's about average. And again, like I said, the man's turned into a point guard. He, he got a dribble package now. I'm not saying he's out here dropping cats, but he has a dribble package now, and his playmaking is pretty good. So. If someone told me I'll trade for Blake Griffin or I'll trade for Andre Drummond and they gave me, you know, you know, an ultimatum basically to say, yo, either you trade for Drummond or you trade for Blake Griffin, I'm trading for Blake Griffin. Like, I just don't get the, like, yes, I get it. Andre Drummond, he's going to rebound the heck out of the the basketball and he's going to protect the paint, which is great. But I just don't, like, if he can't score for me, if he can't have some sort of playmaking skills, I don't need him. I'm sorry. I want a, I want a big that can stretch the floor. Um, I want a big that can, again, I'm not asking you to be the point guard. I'm not asking you to get seven assists. But I'm asking you to, okay, when the ball's in your hands, you don't look like a, a deer in the headlights. You don't look like a statue. You don't look like you can move or do anything. And, you know, it's a hot potato for you. You know, I want a, a big to have the ball in his hands and still be confident to say, OK, my guys are moving around. Let me see if I can make passes for them. And I just I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Um, I really think that the the whole hype behind Andre Drummond is, in my opinion, I just don't see it, man. Like, I want to so bad, but I just don't see it at all, bro. Like, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know. I I just, I I don't know. Like, I just don't, for whatever reason, I'm just not seeing the whole, oh, my God, Andre Drummond. Like, to me, he he adds, I'm not going to say he don't add any value to a franchise, but I will say the man, he he don't really, in my opinion, he don't do much for a team that I want, you know, like he, he, like I said, he'll rebound the basketball for you. He'll block a bunch of shots. But other than that, what is he really doing for you? Like what? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to watch more Andre Drummond games to understand me more Cavs games. But again, Colin Sexton and uh, Darius Garland seem to be the one seem to be the ones that are carrying a load on that team, not Andre Drummond. Um, let me talk about my Knicks a little bit. Um, Julius Randle, man's balling out. The man's leading the team in points, rebounds, assists. Um, he stepped up his play tremendously. Um, the Knicks are fourteen and fifteen. They've won fourteen games. They've lost fifteen. I will say this. I did not expect the Knicks to win 14 games. I'm not going to lie. I thought the Knicks were going to be awful. I thought it was going to be maybe an 8-10 to 10 win season. I really did. The Knicks are the sixth seed in the West. Now, yes, they're under 500. Or excuse me, in the East. But they're under 500, but they are the sixth seed. And I'm shocked by it. Shocked. Absolutely shocked. Um, there's something wrong with the heat. I will say that as well. We're going to get to the heat in a second, but I, I, I just, you know, popped in my head. I had to say it. Um, but the Knicks, man, Julius Randle. That man went off 
Um, he is a problem for the league. He had 44 against the Hawks. 44. Now, I will say this. Julius Randle, um, should he be an all-star? Absolutely. His play, if you've watched Nick games, his play has been tremendous. Um, he stepped up his playmaking ability, and people are not talking about it, and it's getting me angry. Um, the man's averaging almost six assists a game as a power forward. Um along with 23 and 11. He's doing his thing. But this man, in 41 minutes, put up 44, 9, and 5. That's a beautiful stat line. Beautiful stat line. Also, D. Rose, since he's been there, he's had a positive impact on especially the guards. Uh, Emmanuel quickly as well seems to be soaking up a lot of knowledge for them. But I'm generally surprised by this Knicks team. They play hard, man. They really do. Um, you can tell it's different, and it, it seems like this team actually likes each other. Um, the bond. The bond wasn't really there um, these last, like, three or four seasons. It seems like everybody was just trying to go out there, get their own buckets, not play team basketball, and just kind of, you know, show off so that way they can get a look from another team and get out of, you know, the, the, the horrible situation that is the Knicks. That's what it looks like these last couple of years, but it seems like now the teams are really coming together um, and they they look good, man. That This Knicks roster, you know, I'm not saying it's elite. I'm not saying that they even deserve to make the playoffs, even though, yes, they are the sixth seed in the East with a losing record. The Knicks look good for the first time in a while. And, you know... I think more people should be talking about it. I'm not going to lie. It's just surprising, I will say. Refreshingly surprising, but we'll see. Again, I'm not going to sit up here and make any predictions and act like the the Knicks are going to, you know, make this crazy run and they're going to be, you know, they're going to, I'm not going to sit up here and say they're going to win 40 games. I'm not going to do that. But, so far, the, the team looks okay, and that's all I can really ask for. Moving on, though, let's talk about the Miami Heat. They're eleven and six, currently not in the playoffs. Uh, Bam out of Bayou is currently re- leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists with nineteen nine and five. He also leads them in blocks as well. Um, this team right now. Here's what's going on. A lot of injuries, not a lot of team chemistry, and yeah, Jimmy Butler's just got to step up. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm trying to find an excuse here for Jimmy Butler. Um, he's averaging 19-7-7, and which is, uh, that's great stat lines, but he's just got to step up. Um, and also, Jimmy Butler's got to stay healthy. He's been, he's missed a lot of games. Again, there's been a lot of guys in and out the roster. Um, Bam out of Bayou, he's missed a lot of games as well, like, they just got to, you know, they just got to play more games together, and I think they'll be fine. And also, can we can we calm down with Tyler Hero, you know, just jacking up all these threes? Can we calm down with that? Like, I think, you know, they're getting a little overboard with how many shots Tyler Hero's taking a game. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think we need to calm down <laughs> uh, if we're the Miami Heat, we're just letting him just pull all these threes a game because I think I think it's getting out of hand. I really do. Um, but yeah, um, the Heat, like I said, eleven and sixteen. I think they'll be fine. I think they don't have much to worry about. I really believe that the Heat. Um, they just need to play more games together. They need to stay healthy down there in, in South Beach. Um, they, uh, Jimmy Butler, he's only played, what, 15 games this season? Um, Bam Adebayo, he's played 25, you know what I'm saying? It's just inconsistencies. They're all, one day everybody's in that lineup, you know, next day someone gets hurt. So they all just got to play more basketball together. Um, they've lost their last two to the Jazz and Clippers, tough teams, you know. You know, sometimes you get smacked in the mouth by those tougher teams, but you got to find a way to bounce back, and I think they will, but again... Y'all just got to stay on the court and stay healthy. Um, Once y'all do that, y'all should be straight. But 
again, I don't know. We shall see. Um, I'm a little, I am a little worried about the Heat, though, especially if they cannot stay healthy. That will be tragic for them. Um, but I think eventually the Heat will turn it on and they'll make the playoffs. Um, I don't know if they're going to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're definitely not making it back to the Finals, in my opinion, especially with Brooklyn out there and uh, Brooklyn, the Celtics, the Sixers. Um, the Sixers look fantastic once again. Um, so we shall see. All right. We are coming up on the half an hour point of the show. And we're going to take a quick commercial break just to throw in some ads there and pay the bills. So, yeah, we'll be right back after a little bit of sponsorship. Y'all stick with us. 90.7 WXIM. Okay, boomer. For the best local pizza, look no further than Big Tony's Pizzeria at 525 Eaton Street, Providence, featuring daily specials and free delivery until 4 a.m. Get a whole pie or just a slice at the home of the gangster rap. So call in at 401-490-0000 for a slice of the local favorite, Big Tony's. Often imitated, never duplicated. COVID cases rising, now more than ever, it's important to adhere to the three W's. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch your distance. Stay safe out there. Brought to you by 90.7 WXIN. Just because we're off campus doesn't mean we're offline. 90.7 WXIN, bringing you your favorite hit from Six Feet Away. Again, welcome back to the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Reese Trotman, coming back at you with another episode of, again, Speak My Peace. Now, we're going to continue on with the NBA. Now, this it is... NBA on Wednesday, and we're going to get to some live action games. Um, But let me just run through the schedule really quick. Um, Today, we got the Knicks and Magic. Um, I think the Knicks get that game. Um, I truly believe that, you know, just the way the Julius Randle's playing right now and how the Knicks are kind of rolling, um... You know, I just think they got that game. Uh, another game, the the Hawks versus the Celtics. The Celtics, I think they win that game very easily as well. Um, and yeah, um, next week there's not much to say about that. Rockets late. Uh, excuse me, Rockets Celtics or excuse me, Rockets Sixers. I should say. Um, I got the Sixers. Sixers are rolling right now, eighteen and ten. Um, and they're 11 and two at home. That's the important stat. They almost never give up games at home. Um, and also, I just don't think the Rockets have the the, the firepower to, uh, you know, keep up with the Sixers scoring. At 8 p.m., we got the Nuggets and Wizards. Um, I think the Nuggets get that. The Nuggets are playing um, pretty good basketball. They could be better. They're 15 and 12 right now, and seven and six on the road, but. Again, the Wizards, they don't really defend, so I think the Nuggets will have their way in that one. Uh, Pacers and Timberwolves. I'm going to take the Pacers. The Pacers, they're playing pretty average basketball to kind of below average. You know, they're playing okay, but considering the circumstances and the fact that they don't have all their pieces there, um, I'm going to take the Pacers over the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are kind of a mess right now. Um, Pistons and Bulls. I'm going to take the Bulls. I think the Bulls will squeak out a win at home. Um, the Pistons aren't playing very well. Neither are the Bulls, to be honest. But I think the, the Bulls got that. Trailblazers and Pelicans. I'm going to take the Trailblazers. I think Damian Lillard, the way he's playing. Zion's also playing extremely well. But I think uh, Portland's backcourt is just going to take over in that game. Next, we have Thunder and Grizzlies. Ja Morant, he's playing 
very well. Shy Glizzy, he's playing very well. Or excuse me, I should say Shy Gilgis Alexander. I call him Shy Glizzy. Um, but I'm going to take the Grizzlies in that one. Um, even though the Grizzlies, they don't play well at home. They're actually 4-8 and eight at home. Um, so we'll see. But I, I do believe that the uh, the Thunder... I mean, excuse me, the Grizzlies got that one. The Heat and Warriors, I'm going to take the Warriors. Steph Curry's playing uh, amazing basketball right now. He's lighting it up. Um, he's averaging 35-5 and five a game. Um, again, the Heat, they're kind of in disarray. They're not really healthy right now, um, so I'm going to take the Warriors. Clippers and Jazz, that's a huge game. I love that game. That's going to be very intriguing. I'm going to actually take the Jazz. I think the Jazz, the way they're playing, they're playing lights out basketball. They're sharing the ball really well. Donovan Mitchell is playing amazing. And the defense is right now, anyway, is locking down. But I am taking the Jazz on that one. Um, and then the Spurs and Cavaliers was postponed. So, yeah, that's the rundown for today's uh, Wednesday action in the NBA. Those are all my predictions. Hopefully I go uh, 100% from the field, but that probably (laughs) will not happen. Uh, Let's move on now, though. We're going to move on to some more hoops, but college hoops instead of pros. Um, I I just have to talk about it. I have to talk about the elephant in the room. The, 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 The elephant in the room is that the powerhouses of college football, excuse me, college basketball are not doing well. Duke is eight and eight. They are eighth in the ACC. The Kentucky Wildcats are six and 13. They are also eighth in the SEC. And the North Carolina Tar Heels are 12 and seven. They are the best of the bunch. They are fifth in the ACC. They are also not ranked. Uh, That is unheard of for the Kentucky Wildcats, the Duke Blue Devils, and the North Carolina Tar Heels to all not be ranked. That hasn't happened in over 60 years. So let's talk about what's happening. I'm going to start with my my favorite team, the Kentucky Wildcats. John Calipari and this just recruiting freshman and is one and done and they never have to do anything is starting to catch. It's not starting to. It has caught up to him. It started to catch up with him a few years ago. Just the level of talent and the drop off and how things are going. It's it's getting worse. And this is it's almost it's at his low point. Um, You know, for so many years, John Calipari, as he should, he got so much credit for being able to basically flip an entire roster and still be ranked and still be a national title contender every single year. Now. He's had freshmen on freshmen on freshmen on freshmen. And like I said, he flips entire rosters, goes out, has a great recruiting class. This year's bad. It's bad. I mean, they look pathetic. Um, They look like they can't even play. Um, You know, for, for the first time in a while, John Calipari recruited a bunch of freshmen and they are playing like freshmen. Um... It, it like I just don't know what to say. I mean, Terrence Clark, he's not playing well. You know, he hasn't played much. Uh, he's been injured. Um, Isaiah Jackson, you know, like guys that were supposed to be, you know, powerhouses and really carried his team. Brandon Boston, you know. He's, let's just be honest, he's playing okay. You know, he averages 12 points. He's shooting pretty bad from the field. He's shooting 37% and 29% from the three. Like, he, like these guys are just not playing up to what they're supposed to. Um, and it shows. Like, it just, it just shows these are freshmen who are kind of, bright eyed and this is a new stage for them and they are adjusting like this this is the adjustment period that they are making and it shows like it just shows that they lack the talent again like i said terrence clark and brandon boston were really supposed to carry the team and they were supposed to be the standout guys but again this kentucky team's bad like they're bad like they they have some bad losses too like they they just can't seem to to um you know, they I, they had promise 
because, you know, I saw them play against uh, Kansas in December. You know, and at the time, Kansas was uh, the seventh uh, team in the country. And, you know, they looked they looked like, okay, you know, all right. They lost by three to Kansas. This team might be going somewhere. And then, you know, they go get smacked by Georgia Tech. Um, They get smacked by UNC. Um, They lose a close one to Louisville, you know. And, you know, the, the worst loss for me was they got smacked twice by Alabama. Like, that's when I realized, okay, this team's bad. Like, this team's really bad. Um, And they, you know, they can barely, they barely squeaked out a win against Auburn. Um, They're playing Vanderbilt right now, and Vanderbilt is playing them really close as we speak. But when they got smacked by Auburn, I mean, excuse me, got smacked by Alabama both times, that's when I realized, okay. Because if there's one thing about these John Calipari teams that that has been um, always, you know, always been I don't even know how to say like they, they they've had their bad out of conference losses but they've always done well in their conference they're five and seven in their conference that's bad like that's bad for John Calipari and Kentucky Wildcat basketball standards and it, it just like I said it shows the freshmen the young you know kind of bushy-eyed you know uh, you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed team you know the team that definitely is going to have to make an adjustment is learning on the fly like it just shows and they've had a rough schedule as well they've had to play a lot of tough teams um and it, again it just shows that this team is a freshman team and again it, it's finally starting to catch up to John Calipari, John Calipari, where, again, he recruits, he flips these rosters, he just goes from f- a freshman roster to freshman roster, and they're always title contenders, and they're always ranked, and they play all these tough teams, and they come out on top, and, you know, they look great, you know. And this year, it's like, mm, it, it's catching up to you, and I think it already has because last year's team was, you know, a little bit above average, but this year's team just looks sorry. Like, it just looks sorry. Again, they look like a bunch of freshmen, like, that really don't know the ropes to college basketball. They don't look developed. They look, a lot of them look like they're raw talents. They need more skill. They just need more time. But, yeah, this this whole business of just flipping an entire roster and just going from freshman class to freshman class and recruiting the elite of the elite, like, it's it's starting to catch up to him. And it's starting to show that, you know what, nah, some of these guys may, may need to stay a few years to get, you know, really their, their, their craft under them, um, you know. Let's move on, though, to the, the, the Duke Blue Devils. Now... This the, the this team, they lost Jalen Johnson. He opted out to go, you know, focus on the NBA draft. So that's huge for them. That's huge. Um, but this is a Coach K team. So I still expect them to do well. And they're not. You know, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're 6-6 six and six in conference play. Um, they just don't look good at all. They look terrible, quite honestly. Um, and again, this is another roster where I look at it and I'm like, again, all these freshmen is showing. I know I get it. They do have some seniors on the team. They do have some juniors as well. But again, uh, their their kind of their leader was Jalen Johnson, and he opted out, and he was a freshman. But this team just looks very sorry as well for a Coach K team. Like, I'm not used to watching bad Duke basketball. This is bad Duke basketball. It is. Like, they just, they look sloppy. They look sometimes unprepared. It just, it's not the same out there watching these guys perform. Um, And it shows. It just shows. And if you look at their schedule, like I said, they're six and six in conference, eight and eight overall. They've had some bad losses, um, and it it just I, I just I don't know, man. I I just don't know about this team. Uh, 
like I'm not trying to be dramatic, but we may have a situation where Duke, Kentucky don't make the tournament. Like that that's how bad these teams are. And again, I'm not trying to be drastic and go there, but it might be one of those things where they don't make the NCAA tournament. And that's a problem if that's the case. Like that's gonna make this year so boring. Not having Kentucky or Duke in the 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 tournament would be an atrocity. Like a, just an absolute atrocity. Um and I, for I hope just for the sake of this year's tournament, especially not having a, a tournament last year, I hope for the sake of basketball, for college basketball, that we do have the big names, the elite uh in in the tournament. Because right now Kentucky is slow for them. They're just not making the tournament. I ju- I truly don't think so. And for the Duke Blue Devils, maybe like like let's let's really run through the 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 tournament. If it were to happen right now, I don't think Duke's making it. I don't think they have the resume. Their conference play, they're 500, and they're just a 500 team. Like, I don't think that's good enough. And Kentucky is just not good enough to be in the NCAA tournament. And let's look at the top 25. Like, I think college basketball as a whole has suffered because of it. Because, again, UNC, Duke, and and, uh, North Carolina, they're all not ranked. Let's look at who is ranked. Gonzaga. Like, how many Gonzaga games do people really watch? And they're 20-0, by the way. Like, how many games... Do people really watch of Gonzaga? Like, I feel like Gonzaga's schedule, like, they don't have that many, you know, Power Five conference, you know, like, opponents. Like, they just have, or, or not even the Power Five, because they do have a lot of Power Five. But, like, I feel like their opponents aren't that exciting to watch. Again, Baylor. Let's talk about Baylor. Like, how. How do people really watch Big 12 basketball? Like, I, I want to be, like, I, I, I want to ask a lot of people this question because, again, the, the go-to is SEC, ACC basketball, and then everybody else falls in line. Like, yes, Big 12 basketball, they have Kansas, they have Baylor, they have all the, the top names. But, again, how many people are really watching Baylor basketball? Like, how many people have really paid attention to it? Number three, Michigan, obviously, yes, Big 10 basketball. People watch Big 10 basketball. Michigan has been played absolutely great. They're 14-1 this year. They look great. Um, Ohio State. Again, a team that looks great, Big Ten. Um, obviously, people do watch Ohio State basketball. At number five, we have Illinois. Like, who's watching Illinois basketball? Honestly. Like, if, if, if someone told me they're a college basketball fan and they told me, and I told them, okay, name me the top five, I promise you they're going to forget Illinois that is a top five team in the nation right now. And not to mention the fact that I promise you there's not many people who are college basketball fans unless you are like a diehard college basketball fan. I, I promise you, you can't even name like four or five people on Illinois. Like who, again, like this is why I say you need Duke, you need UNC, you need Kentucky in these games in the, the the tournament as well and you need them to be good because it just makes college basketball more exciting because again I promise you half the nation more than half the nation to be honest I'd probably say 85% of this nation does not watch Illinois basketball even though they're 17 and 2 or excuse me they're 14 and 5 and they are fifth in the country the next team on the list Houston like how many people are really watching Houston basketball like let's be honest. Again, they're seventeen and two. They look great. They're playing great. But how many people, unless you're really into college basketball like that, how many people are really watching Houston basketball? Like how many? Let's be honest. Not many people are going to tune into a Houston basketball game. I promise you, I would say about 70% of the country doesn't even know that pays attention to basketball. Doesn't even know that Houston's the sixth sixth rated team in the country. Like, it's stuff like this. Again, let's keep going down the list. Alabama at number eight. How many people watch Alabama basketball? I promise you, 90% of the country has seen an Alabama football game, but not 90% has seen an Alabama basketball game. Um, let's scroll down the list. Uh, at 11, you got Iowa. How many people watch uh, Iowa basketball? Or Tech, uh, Texas, too. Texas at number 12. How many people can really say they watch Iowa and Texas basketball? People probably watch more, again, Iowa and Texas football. I'd bet every 
penny I had to say that, but I'm not finna sit up here and act like these are going to be exciting teams to watch. Now, I'm sure they're playing great, and I've actually watched in the top 20, or excuse me, the top 25, besides Loyola Chicago, I've watched a game of every single top 25 team, and they look great. They all look good. Um, I've even, surprisingly, at 25, I've watched a San Diego State game, but I've watched Creighton. I've watched Texas Tech, Florida State. I've watched, I've even watched Southern Cal. Like I've watched uh, obviously Virginia Tech, Tennessee, Missouri, Wisconsin, Kansas. I haven't seen a Loyola Chicago game. I'm not going to sit up here and act like I have. But again, teams like Loyola Chicago, Illinois, Houston, Iowa, Texas, um, I, not Creighton, I feel like people have seen a lot. Southern Cal, like, uh, like, I'm not, and again, San Diego State, you know, Arkansas, like, I'm not going to sit up here and act like, or we shouldn't sit up here and act like, you know, these teams are, is must-see basketball, you know. I promise you, I, I would put any amount of money on the fact that I promise you, you, UNC versus Duke at the end of the season, no matter what both of these teams' records are, UNC and Duke, which they probably will both be unranked by the end of the season, UNC and Duke will draw more of a crowd and will get more ratings than any Illinois basketball game this season. I would put any amount of money on that. I, really, I honest to God would. Um, so, yeah, for the sake of college basketball... UNC at least needs to make the tournament. It's slow for the Kentucky Wildcats. They just look too sorry to be in the tournament. I don't even know if the Kentucky Wildcats deserve to be in the NIT. Like they just look bad. And at six and thirteen, and you're five and second, five and seven in your uh, in your conference, that's bad. Um, yeah, it just it's just bad. But I will say we'll talk about UNC real quick. Um, UNC like. <laughs> they look average. I'll, I'll give them that. Like they're they're twelve and seven. They're above five hundred. They're fifth in the ACC. You know they have a winning record in the ACC. They're seven and five in conference play, but they don't look good either. You know they you know they've had their their tests against good teams like a Notre Dame, um, like a Texas, like an Iowa, um, and they folded every time. Like. Um, they played Florida State as well. They lost it. Like all the teams that are good that you want to measure yourself up against, they've lost to. They lost to, again. They lost to Virginia. They've lost to uh, well, Clemson got postponed, but they've they've lost to Iowa. They've lost to Texas. These are all teams that you want to beat so you can show the field. Look, we're actually good. And UNC hasn't done that. So to me, they're just an average team that, yeah, they beat up on the teams they should. But anytime they face some real comp or comp that's in like the top 15, top 10, they fold. Um, and that's just how the outlook of this season is for me uh, in terms of um, what I've seen from UNC so far. They could turn it around. Um, but. I just I don't know, man. Like this this team, they they at least they don't look sorry like I would say Kentucky and Duke does, but they don't look like you know a normal UNC Coach Williams team. Like they look average, you know. They they look like like I said, they look like they they beat up on teams they they should and they look good sometimes. And then you know they face a top twenty team or top fifteen team and they get smacked around or they get mopped off the floor. Like it's it's really that up and down of a season, and it's just crazy to think again it hasn't happened in over sixty years that UNC, Duke, and Kentucky they're all not rated. They're not even in the top 25. They're not in the top 30. Like, that's bad. Like, that's when you know it is bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope for um, for the sake of college basketball that we can get UNC and at least Duke in the tournament. Kentucky, I truly think it's slow. But... It's, 
I I genuinely believe this year's scary. Like I, I don't know who is is like I just for me I just need to I need to have some sort of satisfaction in knowing that the I, I'm more looking for not the diehard college basketball fan. I'm looking out for the the casual fan, the casual fan that doesn't watch many games during the regular season, but they tune in during the 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 not the postseason, but the tournament and and kind of conference play, like and you know conference tournament time. Like I'm worried about those people. Like those people scare me, um, because again. When they find out that Duke sucks, when they find out that Kentucky sucks, when they find out that, you know, UNC is a little bit above average, I'm worried about the, you know, the, are they really going to tune into a tournament that doesn't have Duke, UNC, and North Carolina? Like, or excuse me, Duke, UNC, and Kentucky. Like, that, that right there, if I'm college basketball, that scares me. Because, again, those, those are your teams that people tune in to watch. You know what I mean? Along with your Florida, your, your you know, your Kansas, stuff like that. But Kansas is okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Florida's good. But I, it's just like, I, I just don't know, man. I don't know. Like, can you really count on, you know, pr- providing a product where again, like I said, you got Illinois as your fifth best team in the country, and again, no one knows Illinois players. I promise you, they do not get ratings on their games. I know they're fifth in the country, and that's great, and they're having a magical season. But again, who really watches Illinois basketball? I promise you, if you go up to the casual and even some some real college basketball fans, I promise you, they cannot name two to three players on that Illinois squad, like. I bet people don't. Again, I promise you, if you ask the the average college college basketball fan to 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 name where in the top twenty five is Illinois ranked, I promise you, most people are going to be like, "Are they even in the top twenty five? Like, I promise you, like, just having, like I said, Illinois, Houston, Alabama, like those teams are not going to cut it. You need more exciting teams. Now, I'm not trying to take away from them, but again, you cannot sell the national tournament product when you have Loyola, Chicago, Houston, Illinois, and Alabama as your teams where you're like, all right, guys, these may be our possible number one seeds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, hey, I'm a little worried about it. And again, Gonzaga, yes, that's a household name. They're usually always in the top 10, top 25. But again, let's, like no one wants to really have this conversation. How many Gonzaga games are you really watching? Like if you look on ESPN, ESPN puts Kentucky, UNC, Baylor, Michigan, Texas, you know, Villanova. They put teams like that on there. They don't put your Illinois, Houston, Loyola, Chicago, like they don't put, you know, teams like that on. And again, just I just hope that, you know, people won't be like, I'm not even going to watch this. Because, again, I'm also thinking, you know, I, I could be overthinking this and being like people are like, you know what? Nah, we missed a we missed a full season of college basketball in terms of the tournament and the national championship and stuff like that. So, you know what? Nah, we we you know, we're going to tune in or it could be a situation of like, you know what? I don't see Duke. I don't see UNC. I don't see Kentucky. You know, and I'm seeing a lot of teams that are kind of boring and I, I feel like people won't tune in as much knowing that, you know, something like this hasn't happened in 60 years where, like I said, UNC, Duke and Kentucky, they're all bad. And North Carolina is the best one. And like I said, they're average, like they're not they're not anything special. I definitely don't think they're going to win, win it all this year. If I had to put money on anybody, I'm definitely not putting it on them. You know, I might put it on Michigan before I do that. And Michigan's good. Michigan's 14-1 and this year. They're third in the country. And you know what I mean? But I just don't know. College basketball, 
scaring me a little bit, man. Scaring me a little bit. Just a tiny bit. But, you know, we'll see. We shall see. But, yeah, in terms of my Kentucky Wildcats, it's slow. They, they just look pathetic. I, I really do. And, you know, people may think I'm being too hard on them. But, again, coming from what I'm used to as a Kentucky Wildcat fan, and it's just, you know, it's not what it should be. Brandon Boston should be playing better, uh, you know, but I don't know. You know, people were putting him up there, you know, at the beginning of the season with how Cade Cunningham was playing. And, you know, Cade Cunningham has continued that level of play. Brandon Boston has not. Um, so, I don't know, man. This Kentucky team, 6-13? and 13? Like, that's all y'all got this year? And you're eighth in the SEC? Yikes. Coach K. You got to get it together down there, man. You know, I I expect Coach K, this is a hot take, but I expect Coach K, he might be on the hot seat in a couple years. And when I say a couple, I mean like in the next one or two years. His job might be on the line. And I I understand as some people might think that's a hot take, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. You know, because like I said, this whole flipping an entire roster and just recruiting freshmen is starting to it's starting to come back to haunt him. So we'll see. But all right, man, I got less than 30 seconds left on my time slot here. I want to thank you all for listening to the Speak My Peace podcast. Again, I am your host, Reese Trotman. I'm going to get up out of here. I hope you all have a great day. Great rest of your week. I'll be back here next week, kicking it, talking more sports. Until then, y'all take care, be safe, enjoy yourselves, and have a great night.